is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 85. In today's episode, I am talking to my special guest, Jesse Ruoff, about how to build an overcomer's mindset and learning how to adjust to a new normal. She is a true living example of her message to live boldly, fearlessly, and completely authentic. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. I am so excited about my guest today. She is a total rock star. She is a former Division I track and field athlete, which paved the way for how she approaches life. Having a passion for movement, she fused the competitive mentality with her values of health and personal peace. She is a certified yoga instructor and performance expert. How cool is that? She is a true living example of her message to live boldly, fearlessly, and completely authentic. She is a wife of seven years and a brand new mommy. Yay! So will you please help me welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast, Mrs. Jessie Ruoff. Hi, Jessie. Oh. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much because I recently heard your story, and it was a life-altering experience. And so I knew that I wanted my listeners to hear it, to have you as a guest. So thank you so much for being here because it was totally inspiring and encouraging. So please, please, please share your story of really overcoming, having it be creating, developing, cultivating an overcomer's mindset. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Hello to whoever is listening. Um, It's always such a pleasure to share stories. And I think that as women, we are inherently such good communicators. And when when we're confident enough to do so, and it's the power of stories I know in my life that have brought me such peace or advice and wisdom and or inspiration. And so I always appreciate the opportunity not only to hear stories, but, um, and now to tell a new story that I have. Um, My story is, you know, is kind of a shocker. Um, I was pregnant. uh, I found out last summer and, you know, I immediately was super sick. And of course, you know, every woman under the sun, has a varying degree of that. Um, there are, you know, percentage of people that don't bless them. Wow. Um, <laughs> but you know, everybody kept saying like, Oh, you know, Jesse, it's, it's going to be over at this moment. Everybody has like the secret timeline. It was, 
it's 11 weeks. It's 12 weeks. And I remember I keep thinking, like, I get to these markers and think, well, not yet, but you know what? You know, my friend Jane said 12 weeks, right? And then my, oh, my friend Sally said 13 weeks. And so I kept going forward with these, like, expectations, you know, from what everybody else was saying that it was eventually going to get better. And long story short is I went through the entire 10-month pregnancy um, being as sick as someone having the flu. So it wow. wasn't like morning sickness. It wasn't evening sickness. It was 24-hour sickness. And mm. it was one of those, you know, it began as one of those life-shifting but slowly shifting experiences that just slowly took everything out of my life that I would lean into to feel good or to feel like myself, right? Like I couldn't work out, you know, or, you know, I couldn't go outside a lot of the days. Um, I couldn't drink water most of the days. Um, I couldn't eat fruit or vegetables. Um, and just all the little things that I would do to lean into, you know, let alone like read a book. Like my, you know, you imagine like when you're in the middle of a flu and, and, and we're kind of in a season right now, right, where people are feeling some of this, mm-hmm. this immense sickness with the COVID. So it pulls you out of anything. And it's, it's really a privilege, but, you know, to feel good. And so over the course of my pregnancy, I started really having to reevaluate what I had access to or the decisions that I could make, even in just a moment, like if I had an hour to feel good or I even some days like, you know, just five minutes, what could I do? Because I could feel myself kind of losing myself over this period of time. Um, You know, I really started to recognize too the level of value that I felt about myself was 100% or largely dependent on my ability to serve, right? So in, in the businesses that we own, um, in the conversations that we have, in the type of human that I choose to show up or like to believe that I show up as, that interaction, you know, with other people was so um, fueling to my energy. And that when, when that was diminished as well, it was like, well, I didn't, I didn't like who I was or I didn't like who I was showing up as. And so it started to break down, break down, break down. And what I really had to dive into, which was the hardest part, was the mindset shift that was happening, right? So it wasn't so much like, okay, I can't work out or I'm gaining weight. Like, that's challenging, and I know a lot of women really, really don't like that part, and I'm not going to lie. I didn't like that part either, (laughs) but it wasn't the worst part. The worst part was waking up feeling sorry for myself or Mm -hmm. feeling like, why is this happening to me? You know, like, I'm so healthy. I've taken such good care of myself. Like, you know, I'm a positive thinker. I do all these things to to continue on personal growth. Like, what is this lesson for me? And why am I not learning it? Because, you know, there's this part of your mindset, I think, that thinks once I learn the lesson, I'll feel better, right? And it doesn't (laughs) matter because you go to the doctor and they're like, nope, you're not going to will this away, right? Like, your mind Mm -hmm. might be invincible, but you can be positive about it. But unfortunately, the hormones and the changes and, and whatever that little spirit inside of you is doing, you know, is just creating a, a circumstance and a situation that is probably going to be there for the rest of your pregnancy. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I had to, what I had to connect to, to, to be an overcomer in the moment was be more connected to the moment. And um, I think one of the first big lessons I learned through surrender was, to find peace in the suffering. And I Mm. think there was a lot of people, women who are just circled me, you know, like just this beautiful tribe, you know, I always say like takes a village and I heard right my whole life 
take the village to raise a, a child, but I really think it, it takes a village to do anything hard. It takes a village to go through any type of suffering. And there was so much love surrounding me. And everybody would say like, but, oh, it'll be worth it at the end. And they would give me this nugget. And it was, and it got to this point where I would get a little irritated because <laughs> I felt like my lesson needed to not be to focus on the end, but to be okay mm. where I was and to be peaceful in the moment no matter what. Yeah. You know, and as a yogi and a yoga teacher, um, you know, yoga, yoga is this path where, like, yogis are, are you know, led to suffering, right? The, the original practice of yoga was to intentionally create suffering so that you could transform the suffering and break through, right? Um, and so I feel like this was sort of a co-creation in my life to create an experience where I could really experience some mental, physical, emotional, spiritual suffering and then look at it in a new way. And my, my choice was to find peace with it and to be okay with it. Uh, to be okay with, you know, saying like somebody's like, how are you being like, actually, I kind of feel miserable right now, you know, because mm-hmm. that word had never come out of my mouth before. Wow. 37 years of never using certain vocabulary. Um, I found myself using language, but to be honest, it was where I was. But in the acknowledgement, in the awareness of that, I could then say, but I'm focused on this. What's giving me life today, although would have never given me life in the past or when I was feeling good or I was on the go or I was producing or creating, is now giving me life. And sometimes it was just like a nice blanket, <laughs> you know, mm. um, that, the, that the sun was out. You know, acknowledging some of these simple God-given things that we, that we run through so fast that we forget mm-hmm. to acknowledge. Um, a hug. You know, you think about particularly right now, right? Like how bad yeah. are you craving a real hug? Mm-hmm. And then you think about, you know, all those like hip-out hugs that we make fun of, like those like pat-the-back hugs. And I'm like, <laughs> no more of these like keep your hips apart, keep your fingers tapping my back hugs. Like we're going full heart-to-heart embrace now, right? <laughs> and sometimes like that's just kind of what I needed um but it was really a a, like an opportunity and I and I to to rebuild the building blocks the fundamentals you know as an athlete um I'm good at going back to the basics and you know those are the those are the things that you practice so for me the basics were prayer um breathing um picking up a book even if my my bandwidth could take in a paragraph. Um, you know, another thing that I really started to do and I'm continuing to do now is that when I start feeling low or bad or dark or heavy or whatever the energy is that, that you relate to, I send messages to people I love and acknowledge how much I love them and how amazing mm-hmm. they are. You know, or you know, just sending little memes to people and and just sharing love outward because that's the one thing I can control, right? Is, you know, I can't be like, oh, gosh, I hope Christy calls me today and tells me I'm amazing and that I'm doing a great job and I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. goddess and I'm a warrior and I'm whatever, right? <laughs> but I can send it to her. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've really learned through the years and of the personal growth is that the body doesn't know the difference. Like when you say out loud, I love you, the body and the energy of the body doesn't know if I'm saying it to you or I'm saying it to me. And so you get the gift of it anyway. 
Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, with awareness being the synonym for life, what I became aware of was that I had to break it back down, make it bite-sized because I didn't have a big enough appetite to take a big bite. And <laughs> I had to make it really simple. Um, so that's kind of where it, where it began, you know. And, and the pregnancy just kept going because by the end of the pregnancy, it kept getting worse and worse. And my experience, although I thought would be better with delivery, got to the absolute the end of the road with I, I nearly died during delivery. Like the, the day yeah. that, the, that my son arrived, which was two weeks early, was the third day in one week that I was in the emergency room with an unbelievable, um, overwhelming, like, nausea. I was throwing up every five minutes. The first time it happened, it happened for 12 hours straight. And oh so I went into the ER. They didn't know. They sent me home. I went in two days later. They sent me home. The third time I was in there, um, my platelets were so low, I was on the verge of seizure. And they said, you literally, if you seized at these levels with my liver enzymes and my, 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 my blood cells and everything, you could die. And so they had to go into this emergency mode. And so nothing about my pregnancy was not only not what I desired, but what I had anticipated even possible. Mm. And I think, you know, what an unbelievable obstacle some people would face, right? And then the trauma, right? And people get really, you know, scarred from trauma. But how I chose to see it was this incredible rebirth of the human I wanted to be. Um, Mm. You know, and I really believe that we choose to sit in the seat of the student or we do not learn to live a life to not, we do not live a life of learning at all. So, you know, my story coming out of birth and rebirth was to soften my edges, to stop Mm -hmm. focusing so much on the perfection of things and to not be so critical because now I'm thinking about my life as a mother and an example and an embodiment of a human being for another human being that is 100% dependent on me. Mm. And I thought, you know what? In my rebirth, I'm making, I, like, I, had, I cut, like, full-on ties to certain things. I cut full-on ties to even more people because the way in which I was thinking, I feel like my BS tolerance went way down. Like, I just went, like, <laughs> all the way down to the ground. I was like, listen, I'm going to take my one-and-done rule that I have for social media. If you put something out on social media that's, you know, discriminating or racist or negative or dark or anything. I have a one and done. I X you out, but I kind of adopted that, you know, that, that lower level of tolerance. Not that I'm not going to not be respectful, but I just said, I don't have time to enter the, have these things enter my space anymore. And I really started to think through an idea that I'm now calling mental immunity, you know, and, you know, we think about our immune system as our ability to like ward off disease, right? Dis-ease. And what's crazy about that is that most people don't know that your secondary immune system, the, the power of your immune system is in your gut, it's in your digestion, right? So you think about all the things that you're doing to try to keep your immune system high. And if you're not focused on what's going in your belly that you're digesting, assimilating, and or letting go of, right, through like feces or urine, you know, you're creating a state of constantly digesting crap, which is allowing your immune system, right? Like your energy is going to your gut because it's not optimally going to digest something that's really good, you know, like something that would be really good for you. And I thought about that in relationship to my mind. So if you think about all the things in your sensory field, whether you taste it or you hear it or you see it or you smell it or you touch it, and then your brain and your body have to digest it. 
And then you think about all the time that you then have to overcome that digestion, right? Like you eat that thing, you know, you, you shouldn't eat. Like for me, it's ice cream. Like, you know, you're going to have uh, like an upset stomach. You know, you're probably going to be gas, whatever. Everybody's got their thing, but you do it anyway, because the moment of pleasure you have from that one bite of that Oreo ice cream, you think is going to be worth it until like 20 minutes later, you're like, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. I'm never going to do this again. Right. Some people do it with alcohol and they pray to God, God, I will never do this again. If you just please help me feel better. You're so hungover. Right. And everybody's got their version of these things that we do to ourselves. But I started really thinking about the things outside of the body that we're digesting even more, um, you know, and we are these powerful magnets and creators. And I don't think it should take that we almost have to die or that we have to endure an unbelievable level of suffering for us to wake up and live at that level, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it was just, you know, it was, I was worth it. I loved myself enough to say, I don't, I don't want to be somebody who suffers all the time. I want to be someone who sees this as an opportunity to learn. And when the suffering ends, God willing, whether it be in, in a minute or a day or in a year, I want to walk out of this renewed with an ability for my story to be someone else's medicine. I want to be able to tell a story of coming through this without being the overly traumatized, you know, stuck in the past human, which, you know, a lot of us end up being not because we're not willing or we're not able to get through it, but we don't know how, because we're not willing to sit in the stillness of the suffering long enough to let it process. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, a lot of that comes from movement and, and, and breathing and moving and feeling and letting it be in the body and then focusing on letting it move through the body. But you know, you think about a, a, like, a, a, like a workout, right? You're like, how long will you be willing to hold that plank? And, and how long are you going to be willing to breathe into it? And how long are you going to be able to hold that positive thought or that belief that you can do it and that belief that you're with it? That is an exact metaphor for the, the stages and the seasons of life we endure that we feel stuck in, right? So mm-hmm. for me, movement has become, you know, through my entire life, more than it, it's not really about what it makes me look like. It's never really been that. And it used to be more about functionality, right? How high can I jump? How fast can I run? But now it's about my emotional, mental, and spiritual ability to get through because I'm so trained in practice to get through that whatever I face is just another experience of being able to do that. So that's that's my mindset immunity and and i mean there's a lot of levels and a lot of layers but you know being in survival mode makes you really vulnerable and that's where i was for so long i i had forgot what it felt to be in thrival i was so disconnected from it i just said all right i've got to know that i'm going to get back there but the basics the basics one step at a time one moment at a time are how i'm going to rebuild wow Wow. Wow. I've got chills just at, by you sharing your story because there's so much good stuff, so much. And, you know, one of the things that you shared, if you could kind of take us on how, you know, I know you understand the basics and I know you understand the fundamentals, uh, but how did you, you know, you were, you're so aware. Did, were you, have you always been so self-aware? Because, you know, one of the things that you said is so many of us don't stay in the stillness long enough. Mm-hmm. How did you 
get to the place of staying in the stillness long enough, not wanting to run away to go back to what's comfortable, and really create, go back to the basics and knowing what those were. You know, I think, I think the first answer is yes, I think I always was that aware. I, I feel like I, I came out of the womb, and I, and I do have a reflection from my parents, right, telling me, because I don't really remember being two years old, let's be clear. <laughs> like, but, right. um, I've always been super sensitive, and sensitive to myself, sensitive to other people, and now I, the word is empathic. I very deeply feel other people's circumstances, and for a long time, I had to like turn it off. It was overwhelming um, until I learned how to kind of control it. Right. So I used to, you know, like I would get sick in big crowds. I would feel people Mm -hmm. and I'd get sick and it had nothing to do with, with me. It had to do with, I wasn't shielding the difference between me processing me and me processing you. Right. Um, So I think I was all, I've always been that deeply sensitive and you know, the shadow side of it, right. There's always a shadow on the light side of all the things, but the shadow side of it was that if I wasn't mindful of who I was around or how I was showing up in that space with a boundary, I'm now doing your work for you, right? So it becomes you get sick or you're taking emotion, you know, emotions on that are not yours. You're angry, you're anxious, you're frustrated, you're stressed. The light of it is when you practice that awareness and that empathy, you can be an incredible reflection for people. You can verbalize what's going on in the space for them without them telling you. And mm-hmm. as a teacher, so always, you know, whether it be in business or in movement or in leadership or just dialogue, um, you know, it, it, I took it, I took very, I took it as a duty. Like you give the, you get these gifts and as much as you want them or you don't want them, you have to utilize them, right? Because they're, it's part of your duty. I feel like you're, you know, here's where you're going to give back to the world. This is what we're going to give you with so that you can do it. But so with being like that, I was also raised by somebody who was very on top of spiritual development. And I remember mm-hmm. being in like fifth grade, you know, like fifth graders, like, you know, little girls are not nice to you. Right. And I was very tomboy like, so I wasn't into the girly stuff. I didn't play with dolls. I wasn't inside. I was outside. I wanted to play. I wanted to sweat. I was with the boys. And little girls weren't always very nice. And I remember my mom saying, you know, be careful of the power of your spoken word, Jesse. I mean, you think about that. Like, can you, I mean, I'll probably say it to my son who's almost seven weeks old. But I'm like, you think about a fifth grader brain. I used to think to myself, just be quiet. Like, could be quiet, mom. You know, and, and, and it, was, it was such a powerful thing to say to a little kid because you think about little kids like, either being like, I don't like them, or like, I'm fat, or all these little negative things that you start saying, right, when you become aware of other people and peers. And I remember my mom always, be careful of the power of your spoken word, say out loud what you want to be true, focus on what you want to happen. And I was raised that way. Not that, you know, I was like, perfectly practicing these things, because you didn't really get it. But there, there it started, right? And then when I graduated, or then I was an athlete and had a coach that was very into that same sort of stuff. And the mindset was always such a huge piece. And then I started my, you know, a business that became very successful when I was 24 around personal growth and development. And so the fundamentals just, I mean, and and I'm always still learning and I'm no expert. There's always, there's always another level. And I feel like the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything at all. Right. (laughs) But the fundamentals, 
for me were about repetition and belief in identity of what I needed to feel most alive. So like fundamentals of like what gives me life, right? What excites me, what awakens my excitement, um, what gives me energy. Um, And for me, like the two, the deep factors of those fundamentals were what makes me feel safe. Because like when you think about feeling safe, right, you feel stable, there's a confidence there, there's a certainty and a certain level of, of uh, comfortability that we as humans, we need, right? Like we need to know like we have a roof over our head and that we're not sleeping outside, right? And that we can get an, a meal, um, you know, be, that we're loved. Like there's certain things that are really important. And when we acknowledge those things, that's the key, right? It's not, oh, I know that I need to have a roof out of it. I acknowledge that I'm going to put my, my life in a situation where I have a roof over my head now I'm in a state of empowerment, right? Um, another big thing for me is freedom. Freedom in every level, right? Like even when I was a little kid, like you tame me, you try to trim my wing back or keep me in a cage or tell me what I should or should not do or, or try to uh, exercise power over me, I, I buck like a bronco. I've always been that way. And so what I learned, you know, through the, the, the beginning of real personal growth in my early 20s was, I need to have a level of communication freedom, health and wellness freedom, so my immune system is high, like my body is fit and well, um, my mind is clear, my finances create a space where I can make choice out of desire versus out of need. So there was, so there was a building block, which started as an awareness, right? It always does, as I want to be abundant, and, and, and I want to be free to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. And so how does, that, how does that need to show up? How do I need to work? You know, who is going to be my partner? Like, I did not get married really young. I, didn't, I, 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 I was in my 30s when I got married. Um, I think it took me that long to, to know who I was enough to then be aware enough to marry someone else that was going to be a partner to me rather than mm. something other than that. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other, the fundamentals are that I am a student of life. I choose. I choose to be a student of life. And so I feel like I'm very aware of what I do not know in that space and that anyone and everyone is a teacher to that. So I think that when people start to empower that student mind, it really opens up the world to be much bigger and broader um, and available to your growth than if you think you know, right? If, you're, mm-hmm. if, you, if you think you know better, I know, right? I know. I mean, how many times has somebody said, I know, but, okay, <laughs> really? How much do you know? Because you just added a but, which negated the no part, the no part right? But it just, it, it stifles us so much to think that we know, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it also keeps us really safe in a, in, you know, I always say, like, you can't live a global life with a local mindset. Like, you got to, like, Ooh. physically, you got to get out there, right? So traveling the world was part of my freedom and my safety, right? Because it kept me connected to the world, which made me feel like I was safe and I was a part of and it was a bigger picture. And it gave me the freedom to see, like, wow, there is an unlimited amount of ways that this is happening. There's an unlimited amount of stories and histories of doing this or eating this or speaking like that. Like there's beauty 
everywhere, right? There's struggle everywhere as well, but there's beauty and life and hope. And, and I wanted to do indulge in all that. And I think the other part of the fundamentals were not only can you have to choose to be the student so that you're learning, right? But you have to take full responsibility. And by taking full responsibility, you empower yourself rather than be the victim. And as adults, you know, we have to be very aware of that victim mentality. You know, that's the mentality where you want to blame the past. You want to blame someone else. You want to blame the circumstance instead of saying, what was my role here? How did I co-create or why did I attract this experience? And how am I going to learn from this to, to, to move on? A, maybe not so I don't recreate it again or have to deal with it again, but B, so that I can empower something inside of myself that maybe wasn't, maybe wasn't awake, right? But, you know, when, when you remove that, like, I'm the victim card, you then empower that you can make a new decision at any point, and it's never too late to do that. So just sort of recapping, it, for me, the fundamentals are the basics of self-worth and, and, and self-love that come from being safe, like being safe. I have certain things I need to be safe. Number two, freedom. I want to make choices. I want to be abundant and free in my ability to show up. Three is I, I am always a student. And I find that to be probably the most important one of them all. And number four is that I'm empowered to make a new decision and every time I do that, I can make a new, a new path, start something new, create a new friend, or in turn, let go of something old. But it's my choice, and my experience, and my life is my choice. And so I, I can't blame other people for that. So, you know, that I think is, I, I don't know if that answer is a long-winded answer for, yes. you know, how did, how did you get there? But to me, those are the fundamentals that I live my life by. Wow. No, that's awesome. It definitely um, just brought it full circle. And so how are you applying these to our current global crisis? Great question. Um, I think the answer is simply that it changes every day. Um, I think first and foremost, I'm number one on the list. Um, to me, when you when you empower yourself, you automatically put yourself number one on the list. I'm the only one that can change the way I think, speak, act, and show up, right? That's my number one mm -hmm. responsibility. So I think that's, that's my leading step, and that's the lens that I look through. And so part of it is, is being mindful of I'm informed, but I'm not inundated with the information. I'm informed, and I'm not, and I'm not inundated with the fear. And I heard someone say, which was really, really powerful, right? Like, like to get a disease, right? You have to like, particularly right now, you have to touch something. It's, and, and, you know, it's mainly from your hands because it touched your face and it's got to go in, right? You got to touch somebody. So we're, we're social distancing to, to mitigate that risk. But a rumor can go through the internet. You don't even have to know the human being you could see the word one time or hear the story one time. And I was like, wow. So when you empower your five senses to, to filter the kind of ex embodiment you want to, want to create for the world, you've got to be really mindful that that fear, like a plague on your body and your mind, can come from anything, anywhere. And if you're not aware of where it's mainly coming from, which right now is like your telephone or your computer or the TV, right? 
um, then you have to process that. So if you want to get back out of the fear and back into whether it's faith or peace or whatever, whatever your ultimate goal is or outcome is, you are then digesting mm-hmm. it. So I think turning, turning off mm-hmm. the social media to a degree, um, metering the type of, of people that you do follow, the amount of news that you're watching, um, for me it's also the, the basics of health and wellness because when you do not feel good, I mean, mark my last year experience, when you do not physically feel well, it is really hard to be nice and happy and cheerful and inspiring and positive. I mean, I mean when you're like, oh, mother, you know, I would say like mother of pearl, like holy mother of pearl, like, you know, you have to do the things that make you feel good. Drink enough water every day. I mean, half your body weight in ounces is, is the normal, that's enough water. Think about that, you know. Um, Stay out of the, the drugs and the alcohol and the sugar and the addictions and, you know, feed yourself real food that came from the earth, the fruit and the vegetable. Give your body the nutrients that it needs so that it can digest well and create energy well and sleep well. So, like, empowering those types of things. Um, creating routines from home. You know, I have a newborn, so, like, we're, we're, we're not perfect about routines because, you know, he's hungry, he's got to eat, but, like, trying to create as much of a routine to get up, you know, get dressed, you know, take care of who you need to take care of, get your work done, um, eat your healthy meals, prepare your meals, go to bed on time, focus on the things that are going to give you the energy to feel good. And I also think um, going back to what I originally talked about with when you don't feel good, send love to other people. Um, I think that's unbelievably powerful today more than ever is sending these little love notes, right? You don't have to be talented and it doesn't cost you any money, right? You don't, you may be like maybe dropping a handwritten note in the mail to somebody or sending a text message or, you know, put something on your social media that lifts people up. These are all things that help you exercise um, shift and change because you're really the example yourself of what you want to feel. Um, and I think, I think those are some of the, the kind of the, the simple things. Um, I also think the last thing I will say is, like, where you're triggered most is your greatest opportunity to learn from. So where we meet that resistance is our next greatest opportunity to create freedom. And I think this type of situation is an opportunity for people to be triggered into action. So maybe you are never um, – inspired in the past by the environment, right? But you're hearing in this great pandemic pause that the ozone is healing. And scientists are amazed by the speed in which it is healing, right? They're like, holy crap, like, did you, mm-hmm. how is this even possible? So if you're triggered by that, by, by being inspired and, and your awareness is like, wow, this is amazing, maybe now you use this global crisis as a doorway for you to get involved in something that you weren't necessarily that interested or inspired to be part of same to be said Mm. with um politics or some of these topics that are global and i think for me as as a as a student i'm thinking through it that way if we all are experiencing something in our lifetimes right for the first time on such a grand global scale that we're now looking at all the other things that impact us on a global scale what is going to be my stake in the ground? What am I going to pick up from this so that I can help on a global scale to improve lives moving forward out of it? Because now we're so aware, Christy, of how connected we really are. 
and how fast mm. that communication and or that knowledge can be passed. So what do you want to pass? Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my goodness, Jesse, this is so good. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and literally, like you said, just be a student and just soak it all up. You are so wise. <laughs> You're so wise. And I just appreciate your, you sharing and being so transparent. And your storytelling is amazing, literally. Um, I've just, I have notes, four pages now <laughs> of notes of just ways that you have even just shed some light into a new way of thinking or a new way of perceiving. And, like, I love when you said soften your edges. Not, don't focus on perfection. Like, oh, my goodness, we as women need to know this and hear that because mm. we focus on perfection and we just, it really sometimes just makes us spiral. And right. so I really appreciate the things that you share today. They are rich and so full of life. And so last, any last words that you want to share as an, a form of encouragement? Oh, man. You know, when you put me on the spot like that, it's, it's like my brain just goes, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I think if I can say anything to women, it's that, you know, you're doing a really good job. And mm. I think as women, we can always do a better job of reminding each other of it's okay. It's okay to be where you are. It's okay to feel how you feel. Um, you know, you're beautiful. You're worthy. Your story is worth telling you have value, and I, I fundamentally, at the core of my being, believe we're better together. And I really believe the story of the woman is just blooming. And, you know, it, 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 it started not even 100 years ago. I mean, if you think back, we couldn't even vote 100 years ago, right? And mm-hmm. we couldn't even go to college. And there were, there were things that our, our grandparents and great-grandparents endured. I mean, And so now, 2020, if I could encourage you to focus on the betterment of being together, I would say that in the land of choice, you have a responsibility to all the women that have come before us to get us here, to get off your butt and and be your biggest, best self, to shine bright and bold and not to tower or, or be small or be little or be quiet anymore. And you know, in moments of, of, of darkness, can you only see the light? So if that's where you are right now, sit there. Be willing to sit in the stillness long enough, and you will get through. And it's only a matter of time. So I'm, I'm more excited about not only being a woman, but being a mother now than I, than, I, than I ever thought I could be, because I know that we are endlessly um, able to make change and shift and inspire with the possibilities of what we have access to when we stand together. So stand with us, stand us together, stand with people like Christy who do these amazing calls and podcasts and um, inspire voice and change and story to be heard. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's nothing short of extraordinary. It's nothing short of extraordinary. Wow. 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 Thank you so much, Jesse. How can people have more of you? What do they, where do they, where can they go to? That's a great question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right, right now I'm in my house in Minneapolis. (laughs) Um, 
Right. So you want if you want to, you know, when you can't get a flight here, come on, we'll go sit on my back porch. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get a we'll get a mug of tea, put our lipstick on, and chat. Um, right now, it's mainly it's mainly Instagram. So at Jesse Ruoff, um, R U O F is my last name, and you know, I might do more things with videos and podcasts. Um, now that mm-hmm. I'm not sick every day, I'm, I'm, re- I'm replanning my reboot. You know, I said, don't call it a yes. comeback, but it's, it's kind of a comeback. <laughs> I love that. I love that. My not, I hashtag my not comeback. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for just giving us your time and just sharing all your wisdom. It was priceless. And I appreciate you being a guest today and um, just everything that you've shared. It really has blessed us. So I cannot wait to see your reboot and experience that yes and so again I um, just love your heart and your just your passion for people for women for just empowering and just being a lot the light because we need that and especially now we do we need it mm-hmm. so thank you well thank you so much it's really been a pleasure and I absolutely love this platform so keep up the good work and I'm I'm just inspired to be part of it so thank you very much Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.